everybody. It's your man, Plyrock. And before we get started with today's podcast, just wanted to take this opportunity to remind you to please follow us on Facebook at Ply and the Moldog. That's P-L-Y-A-N-D-T-H-E. D-A-W-G, Ply and the Muldog. You can also find our live video game show most nights of the week at Ply Rock Gamer on Facebook. And you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Ply Rock Gamer, P-L-Y-R-O-C-K-G-A-M-E-R. We appreciate all the support. We'd love it if you dropped us some feedback, a subscribe on Spotify, iTunes, or Google Play. It really helps out the show. Thank you so much and enjoy. Meeting at the intersection of entertainment and knowledge, of greatness and destiny, comes the greatest sports video game movie podcast on today. Please welcome in your hosts, Ply Rock and Mitch the Moldaw. What's up everybody? It's your man Ply Rock and welcome to another episode of Ply and the Moldog. What's going on, Moldog? How are you, man? I am great. We are ready to go. This is going to be a good one tonight, Ply. I mean, some just kind of stop a little better than others, and I got big plans for this one, and uh, I wasn't able to finish cheeseburger before yeah. we went live, but I'm going to throw. That's many, what I do. How many cheeseburger, cheeseburgers did you eat? Uh, well, in the in, in the interest of full disclosure, it was actually only one cheeseburger, uh-huh. but it was preceded but it was preceded by a McRib. Okay. So I, I don't know how you how you take that. All right, I, I damn you ate a McRib. Absolutely. Oh my gosh, I didn't think those were still around, but okay. Well, this is you remember be good... I came. You remember I came from the food business. I still got contacts. This is going to be a good one, dude, because. I've got right here, which I don't want anybody to be able to see. This is the official list of the top 10 action movie stars of all time, as written by the Ply Rock himself. So we're going to be going over that. But first, we need to hear some sports, man. We need to know We need to know what's going on around here. What's going on in the world of sports, Muldog? Fill me in. Well, it's it's not so much message of sports as a message of hope. Okay, we have maybe what could be, you know, the at the end of the tunnel. All right, we have baseball actually talking about a plan okay. to get season season started. It's just a plan, okay, point, and it it has it has its potential um, hangups, but they're talking about the thought of bringing all the teams to the phoenix area mm-hmm. where there are 10 spring training facilities as well as the home of the arizona diamondbacks in a 50 mile radius okay, okay. so you can so you can basically have 11 stadiums going um simultaneously all right which would almost be enough to kind of run the schedule uh, how it's actually going to look when it all when it's all said and done is an, is another. I mean, the way they're describing it, it sounds like almost like uh, it's it's out of the movie Biodome. Okay. Crying out loud by the you know by the way they're going to have to <laughs> Biodome. You know, yeah, that's you know. I mean, maybe Paulie Shore is actually running this thing. I don't know, but it's basically you know bring the people in, keep them safe, keep them around, same hotel. You know, you know, just hotel to ballpark to hotel uh you know that that sounds again there this out 
could be launching the season strictly from Arizona on that rotation of spring training facilities in the Diamondbacks ballpark. Okay. And, you know, we may get to something. And I'm at the point now, somebody asked me today, you know, put a gun to your head, how many how many games are they going to play? If I got an 80-game season this year out of MLB, I would be happy. I think that is optimistic. Okay. Uh, I think 60 to 70. Mm-hmm. Um, is probably I would set the over under if Vegas was open and I could actually go there, but that's not open either. Vegas isn't um, open. No, they're so not, I would like they're not betting on anything right now. Well, unless you wasn't have there a game some, of horse on ESPN the other day? Well, you still got to go on an app or or somewhere where it's legal to do such things in in order to be able to get that in okay. because uh, the the mull dog would never speak about such thing as illegal betting apps or anything like that because you know who would ever do not that live That's to not, the world man we ain't doing no, that no exactly we're not we're not doing we're not doing the ozark air. version here exactly <laughs> so all right so, so baseball's thing i think it's a pretty good idea to be honest it's a with ray you of hope if nothing i i don't care if it's a good idea or it's a bad idea it's an idea yeah no uh, I, you know let, let let's get going on something yeah. It just it gave me a bit of a ray of hope. Uh, some of some of um, uh, PGA Tour actually rescheduled a couple events and put some dates on the calendar. Mm-hmm. Again, I know we're not a huge golf show, but the Masters uh, now being rescheduled, but at least being scheduled in November, mm-hmm. which you know is is interesting there because that will be just an incredibly different thing than anybody is ever used to see, seeing because that tournament kicks off the year. It's in mid-April where everything is perfectly in bloom at the peak of the season down there in Georgia. And, mm-hmm. the you know, the grass is green and the azaleas are blooming and it has a certain look. Not going to have that look in November. Going to no. be a totally different look in November. So that will be interesting. But at least it is on the calendar. Okay. All right. So baseball's working on things. And it sound it sounds like a halfway decent idea. I think it'd be really good for the country just to see any type of sporting event right now that's actually live and that didn't take place in 1962. I mean, just the other night, Bananas was excited to watch Ali Spinks, and I was like, okay, I won't tell you what happened. And then then he's like, all right, here comes Tyson Burbick. I'm like, okay, that's a short one. So <laughs> that's a, that's a real short one. That, that that cost about a sixty five dollars a minute if you yeah. got that one on pay per view. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. So, and I think it'll be good for the country. I uh, I agree with baseball. I think uh, these guys, I think the country itself, but these guys are uh, obviously professional athletes, great shape, great doctors. Uh, maybe just for the first uh, the first round of the experiment, keep them separated from everybody else, just so they can actually start to play ball, and then maybe slowly incorporate family, friends, and then an audience. Um, you know what I mean? Just to, just to get the ball rolling on conditioning and, uh, they need some type of spring training, right? I mean, they're not going to just jump into this thing and be able to, uh, just pick up right where they left off. So I think that definitely, I think it's a good idea. Um, I don't, I, I know, and I don't want to piss on your parade because I don't know what other sports news you're going to be hitting me with, but I did hear some inklings around the UFC too about some pretty interesting things going on. So, but I know this is your segment. So, so what else, what, what's the other, uh, what's the, where, where are you heading with this besides major league baseball, maybe playing in Arizona in the month of May? 
Well, again, and, and just to just to follow up on that a bit, and I don't want to overplay this, but I do think it is somewhat legitimate. And and you mentioned, you know, spring training, and the, and that's the whole thing. The old saying in baseball is "hope springs eternal," right? Of course. And I just think hope. I think that word is what we need right now. Mm-hmm. We need hope. So you sync up spring training with the rollout of some things. People maybe getting back to some degree of normalcy. I think it plays into the actual, you know, narrative. I think it actually works and symbolic in nature. I understand, but sometimes symbolism is incredibly powerful. And I think what the nation needs right now, more than anything is hope. So that that's my little diatribe on that. And uh, believe it or not, the next biggest sports story, of course, is still the NFL draft. We've done that. We've done that backwards and forwards. Oh my to gosh. We're already getting questions about it in the chat. And, and that's fine because it's <laughs> already get it's already getting so silly yeah. where, you know, I look at these mock drafts and I look at them up and down and all that, and that's fine. But they're getting to the point where they are now trying to not repeat themselves. So they're just changing things for the sake of changing them. Yeah. Right. So now they've moved this guy from one to three and they moved this guy from two to four based on what? Based no. on what? There's no nothing workouts. There's no doctor's there's, appointments. There's nothing. No workout. Absolutely. So yeah. it's, it's actually, it's actually baloney. Yeah. So the, the fact that they're doing that is just, you can tell they're just doing it to try to generate more clicks and, and, and the like, well, but it's funny season. It's what they call funny season in that area where the scenarios and the and the and the conspiracies and all that stuff is going. They even have now they're predicting the mock trades in the mock draft, which they've always done. You know, they've always said, oh, there's a chance this team could move up to three. But I looked at one today where this guy literally had like 11 trades and you had to try to connect the dots to where this guy is absolutely insane. They have no idea. They're so full of it. They have no idea on these trades. And like I like, and like I think I said before, my prediction is that the best mock draft on, you know, ESPN or, or Fox or CBS news or whatever, the best mock draft you'll see will be wrong by the fourth pick guaranteed. Okay. By the fourth pick. All right. Before we get wrong, since we are on the NFL draft and we've moved into NFL news, Bananas is asking, is there any chance Tua isn't the second QB off the board? No. No. It's a straight up no. No. <laughs> Tampa's Unless, new yep. Tampa's new uniforms or Atlanta's. I haven't seen either, so I did see the awful St. Louis Rams. They're not the St. Louis Rams anymore. Where the hell are they now? I don't the know. Los they Angeles moved. Rams. They're back to they're back to LA. Alright, so yeah, okay. So they'll die a slow death because football can't seem to take a hold out there. Uh, but, uh, I saw their new logo and that looked like, that looked like something off of like, you know, a creator on a video game, essentially. I don't know. I didn't, I don't know why they got rid of their old logo, but the new Ram logo has gotten more pushback, uh, than any of the other logos. I think it's worse Uh, than the logo above your head. You know, like the fake Husky hanging on the wall. Like it's really a wolf. But I think it's worse we went than through that. We went through the Husky logo way back. I know, but now I can pick on something worse. This the it uh, was a tired old Samoyed, and they changed it with this, you know, yeah. vicious Husky that's more competitive. That's not a Husky. So anyway, 
I, I mean, <laughs> FUCon. That's what they're saying in the chat. Anyway. They're so not saying it, that in my chat, I noticed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, anyway. So, um, the, the logo is awful. I have not seen Tampa's or Atlanta's new uniforms. Why are they trying to spruce this up like this? Because I thought Tampa's uniform was pretty contemporary uh, re- up until recently. You know what I mean? I didn't I didn't think of it as old school. Did you? It it wasn't that it was old school. Here's here's the beef with the old or the recently replaced Tampa uniform. Okay. Okay. The um jerseys were got a little busy where the numbers were difficult to read. Okay. This was the fans and the announcers complaining about this. Okay. That the that the color scheme and the, you know, I'm no graphic artist, but it kind of bled into the color scheme of the jersey and the number could get a little difficult to read. That's legitimate. That's a legitimate concern if that's the case. Okay. The other was the 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 real pewter, the real pewter color on the pants. It just, uh, how do I say, uh, it just kind of showed a little too much. Too much sweat, too much this. It looked, uh, it was a little, that pewter on the pants was a little too, I don't know, revealing for lack of a better word. This color now is a little more matted. The uh, jerseys are a little more matted. The number's easier to read, and it is closer to the jersey of what you would want to call the Tampa Bay Buccaneer golden years, if there are such things. But back when they did win their Super Bowl in 05, I believe was was the one they Oh, four, oh four, oh five. When they beat the Raiders, that one and through uh, 2010. So they were, you know, a little better at that point. NFL rules say you can only change your uniform a maximum of once every five years. So they did have to wait um, to get this one in. They claim they were doing this before Brady. Maybe they weren't. Maybe maybe they were. Let me ask you this. Can I ask you a question? Because to me, of course, were they doing this before the XFL? like the xfl uniforms like for the most part pretty tight man if you believe good if you believe the tampa bay buccaneers pr department they were doing this before the xfl if you follow their timeline okay because i you know i i know the vipers themselves aren't anything close to the buccaneers colors a whole different color scheme right yeah but the like the uh some of the other teams like the defenders and some other guys their their uniforms and the and the guardians the guardians had like an old school xfl uniform going on like from the 2001 league and those uniforms look tight bro so i don't know if maybe the nfl saw some newer contemporary uh artwork or newer contemporary look and color schemes on some of these players and went all right, we got to mix this up a little bit with some of these with some of these teams. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know because we won't know because we lost half an XFL season. But well, that's true. And you know, on these NFL jerseys, uh, these NFL uniform change. You know, now you end up it's you end up with three, right? You end up with home. You end up with away. You end up with special, and then you actually throw a fourth in if it's an NFL endorsed um, throwback game. We yeah. see those crazy ones you know like the green bay packers you know these not one um so you know you get the three different uniforms and let's face it it is about selling more jerseys you know everybody is gonna get you don't want to be the guy here's the thing it's 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 brilliant it is 
Vince McMahon must run NFL jersey marketing because this is brilliant, right? So you don't want to just have the old jersey, right? New jersey comes out, you want to get the new jersey. So I got to get my new Tom Brady Tampa Bay jersey. All right, uh-huh. you got your new Tom Brady Tampa Bay jersey. Yeah. Great, so you spend your money on that. But then the older jerseys eventually get to the point where they're retro, vintage, cool again, right? So I'm also going to go to NFL uh, shop and I'm going to get my Lawrence Taylor jersey because now that blue and red uh, Giants uh, 56, that's retro now. So now I got to get the new, you know, Giant jersey for Daniel Jones. I got to get the new Giant jersey for Saquon Barkley. I And then I'm going to get the retro Phil Sims and I'm going to – I mean, where does it end? I mean, it's it's brilliant marketing. We got a good question coming in. Braden, what's going on, man? Welcome into the chat, by the way. I do see you. Bananas is asking, Muldog, what do you think about Aaron Rodgers getting onto the all-decade team and not Drew? I assume he means Drew Brees. Uh, you know you know how I like to disagree with Bananas. Okay. But Bananas is right on here. He's spot on. That's garbage. Aaron Rodgers is so ridiculously overrated Oof. that it's it would Wait, take – it would take six podcasts to go over it. No, hold on, hold on, hold on, because I'm going to have to slow everybody up here for a second. Didn't Eric, didn't Aaron, who did Aaron Rodgers go out with? Was it Jessica Simpson? Who did he go out with that was famous? Dan, Danica Patrick. I Danica, think he's still he was with Danica Patrick. He was with Danica Patrick? I think he still is. All right, Drew Brees wins. You're right. I'm going to have to agree with you on this one once I deep dove into the actual statistics of Aaron Rodgers and Drew Brees. So the all-decade team, Moldog, why don't you give us a quick overview of what the all-decade team is? Is this like an all-Madden type thing? Well, again, what what we live we live in the world world of lists, right? This is what this is what we have now. Right. We just have a bunch of lists, mm-hmm. and you know, so you can come out Clickbait. with, uh, yeah, well, I mean, that's that's exactly what it is, but yeah. it doesn't it doesn't make it doesn't make it bad, or it doesn't make it. Um, you know, it, it, it opens for good debate, and I, I agree with Bananas on this. Like, Aaron Rodgers is overrated. He does not deserve the spot over Drew Brees. Um, Are you thinking I, just I, in terms of statistics? No, they no, both, no, they both I, have I, one ring, right? You know I'm not a total statistic-driven person. Now, who's Drew um, Brees going out with? I mean, His who really, wife, I think. I know, but who's is she anybody famous, anybody we should know, or? I don't think so. so I, I mean, think, that, uh... then it's a toss-up. <laughs> <laughs> it's a toss-up. <laughs> uh, you know how I decide things. All right, yeah, no, so I... all right, so that may. I mean, dude, those two guys are Hall of Famers. I mean, I get it. I think Drew Brees honestly is is a better athlete. Um, <laughs> but I also think I feel like in my heart, and you know, I go off of feelings because f facts, right? But. Doesn't isn't Drew Brees hurt maybe a little more than Aaron Rodgers? Seems like he's a little more fragile throughout the course of his career. Or are they both? I, that, I feel like Aaron Rodgers doesn't fair. really miss games. I mean, he also he makes doesn't. a hell of a State Farm commercial. So he's, I'm just not Aaron, uh, Aaron Rodgers is tough. I will not I will not take that away from him. He he is tough. Brees, uh, as a matter of fact, I mean, way back before Brees even went to New Orleans his career was in jeopardy with a really bad shoulder injury coming out of, coming out of Miami. Nobody really wanted to even take a chance on him. He yeah. got resurrected in new Orleans 
people forget the Charger years and the Dolphin years. I don't right? forget the Charger years. He's in ESPN NFL yeah. 2K5. I well, used to. There you go. Excellent point. <laughs> Whereas Rodgers came into the league, yeah. sat behind Brett Favre for a few oh, years. I know. Okay. So he didn't he didn't put any miles on on those treads during those years. He is tough. He plays hurt. I will never take that away from him. Mm-hmm. But uh, he's he's overrated. He he's overrated. And what hurts guys like him didn't and he just he, make it to the NFL NFC Championship game. Yeah. With no team, with no team, and he's a bit of a jerk, which never helps. Yeah, but he's a bit of a jerk. Drew Brees is the Drew Brees is the nicest guy you're ever gonna find. True, but all right, let's put let's back up a little bit. Would you put Lawrence Taylor? I guess we can't do that because it's the all decade team. All decade team. So it's twenty. Lawrence Lawrence Taylor is the greatest defensive player to ever play the game. Sure, and he was the biggest cokehead on the planet from 1985 to 2005. Yeah, there might have been one guy in Miami doing more coke, but yeah, you got a good point. <laughs> <laughs> so if we're gonna go off personalities, like Michael Irvin, uh, he was blowing it up when he was uh, with the Cowboys. <laughs> Who else? Uh, the, didn't yeah, Leon? No, that's fair. Wait a minute, didn't Leon Lett get caught with like an entire trunk full of drugs? Was it Leon Lett from the Cowboys? No, he only had he only had seventy two pounds of marijuana in his trunk. That right, was that's it. not a full trunk. So all right, I'm yeah, gonna, no, I'm that's gonna apologize. <laughs> That's I a got, bad rap, man. That's a parking ticket. Imagine lighting that car on fire and having some marshmallows <laughs> to roast. Yeah, all right, that was so, a parking ticket. All right. So, but, I mean, half the Cowboys team when they beat the Bills was souped up on, on some 80s blow. So, this I mean, true. so it's tough to really take a personal beat. I do like – I agree with you. Like, I agree that when athletes are selected for the Hall of Fame, selected for the all-decade team, that it is important to take their personal behavior and how they handled the reputation of the league and represented their sport to their fans and their children and to the, you know, the say the younger fan base. I, I believe that should be taken into account, which is why I always speak highly, even though I'm not a Yankees fan, of Derek Jeter, who to me, while he, or Michael Jordan, while they were stewards of the game, Gambling problem not for not pushed in the forefront to the side on Michael Jordan, but they were stewards of the game in the fact that they treated people that I remember with absolute respect. But then you had someone on the other side of the ball, like say maybe an Allen Iverson, or uh, you know who were just a little bit, a little bit of a punk, you know, and uh, or a little whatever. bit of a punk, yeah, a little bit of a punk. <laughs> Oh, Stevie's already starting to throw down the hate on Ray Lewis, guys. I knew that was coming. On so, Ray Lewis? Oh, Stevie hates Ray Lewis. So yeah, that's fair. No, that's fair. I agree. I agree. Even he's he is on the cover of one Madden game. Does anybody know which Madden game he graced the cover of? So anyway, so I do agree with you that um Aaron Rodgers has a little bit of a reputation of being kind of a jerk. Um I don't know if he has a reputation of being a skunk though. I think he's just a little bit, but you know what? If I'm the starter, I'm going to be honest with you. If I was the starter of like an NFL team or say I was like the co-host of a world famous podcast, I'd probably be a little bit conceited too. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. If, I think, I, I think Aaron Rodgers is maybe a little overconfident. I wouldn't put him in the, I wouldn't put him in the category of being a complete skunk. Like I wouldn't say no to having a beer with Aaron Rodgers. Listen, they're, I understand. I understand what you're saying, and there's just the more you dig into some of Aaron Rodgers' stuff, 
and it's not drugs or it's not crime or it's not assault and it's none of that. So let's be fair. But this guy hates everybody around him and everybody around him hates him, including his parents. He is basically disowned his own parents okay his parents During or the... his mother his in-laws or his parents He's not married. no his parents his, his actual parents. parents okay when the california wildfires what was that about a year back or whatever when it was yeah. really bad yeah. okay his par- his parents were right there okay right on the cusp of that okay he never he he never called them never reached out doesn't talk to his siblings doesn't talk to his parents now i Dude, can't claim i know his family it. sucks it might be a who knows of, maybe it might maybe be they the royal... to steal all his money who knows it might be who the knows? royal bombs. you never know it could it could be i don't know but it's not the first thing that's happened his teammates he won't even give his teammates his phone number there's there's a lot of weird things with aaron Rodgers, and again i, I at at some point there's a lot of smoke. There's got to be some fire. You are describing him. him like a Carl Crawford. <laughs> like the way yeah, that's oh well, man, that's not a bad that's not a bad comparison. Crawford was such yeah. a cancer in the locker room with the Red Sox. I remember when he got traded over to the Red Sox. I said, "What are these kid idiots doing taking this jamoke?" I know? tell you, he put, he put up he put up great numbers and was a great player when nobody was watching and he didn't have to talk to anybody and. You know, his teammates were a bunch of guys who, you know, were going to be working at Napa uh, when they left the Devil Rays. So once he came to the big stage, he was exposed. He yeah. was exposed. That that happens. That yeah. happens. Josh Beckett. That, that's a legit thing. Yeah. yeah I mean, no. you know, it's, know, it's a legit thing. I mean, at least Josh Beckett. Yeah, he, he got exposed for kind of being a malcontent, being a tough guy to deal with, being a pain in the ass. But at least he did put up a season in Boston. He did he did produce. 2007, you know, J- Josh Beckett was really good. So Muldog, there's so much venom in the chat right now. For everybody listening on the podcast, we're also taking questions and comments from the live podcast Facebook show. And they are just drilling all the different athletes that they think are the biggest a-holes in the world. And Stevie, I like just, it. Stevie just came in and said, I don't can't think of any player more of an a-hole than Ryan Leaf. I can, but he's close. See, Ryan, I, I, I don't Ryan th- Leaf, Ryan Leaf, I got to give a bit of a break because he's turned his he's turned his life around. Okay, um, he got himself clean and sober. He's he's you know, doing the right thing now, but absolutely. I mean, Ryan, didn't he come in with Manning? Was he drafted with Manning? Yes, he was. And people were, people disagreed over who should have been taken first. Imagine chargers, right? That's absolutely right. And leaf was a complete bust, complete bust. And then he got into pills. And before you knew it, he was breaking into people's medicine cabinets in uh, North Dakota. So that's yeah. Yeah. He went down. He went down quick, but he has he has got his uh, he's got his you know what together. Uh, wow! And um, I wish him the best. But Stevie's right for that stretch. I mean, there was no more deplorable human being in an NFL locker room than Ryan Leaf. Well, didn't he play in the same league? What, what year was that? What year was he drafted? Early two thousands. So he would have come out with Peyton Manning in oh one. Yeah, oh one, oh two. Yeah, okay, that makes sense because he's yeah. off the he's off the Chargers by oh four. Which is when uh, Drew Brees is there, and that's what that's ESPN NFL two K five. So, yeah, it's early two thousands. Yeah, no, I I can see that. I mean, I remember some of these guys who ended up being a complete, complete skunks. 
I mean, give me uh, another one that the chat wants to hear about. What what well, a... well, bananas is still completely fixated on Aaron Rodgers or Drew Brees, so I think he wants a celebrity death match between those two. Drew Brees, bananas is right. It's Drew Brees. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's. I don't know. I would pick either one of them because I think it just depends. Those guys are. Those guys are pretty elite, man. I mean, there would. It depends on the team around them too. Drew Brees has always had some pretty powerful weapons around him and he's always had referees against him so that's a tough call man i don't know what else do we got for the nfl draft before we deep dive into the people we hate the most in sports (laughs) well again you know it's besides roger clemens it's going off when it's going off and i am going to double down stevie's not going to like this but I'm going to double down, you know, in the face of consistency and in the face of putting it out there again. Sure. Ch- Chase Young is going to be a bust in the NFL. Chase Young will be a bust in the NFL. This may come back to bite me on Twitter 10 years down the road, but that's where I'm going. Oh, William coming in saying LeBron James. Yeah, LeBron can be a bit of a cocky guy. <laughs> Definitely. I think LeBron has inserted his foot in his mouth maybe one too many times, but I don't know. When you're the king of the league, it's you get a lot more leeway than say if some other six rounder, uh, six the uh, the six man said that. Then you know Dennis Rodman, I, another one. Yeah, I you know? I run I run hot and cold on LeBron. I give him a break in terms of the guy has had a million cameras on him since he was 16 years old. Okay, true. Uh, a la a la Tiger Woods. All right. Yeah. So this guy has been followed since he was 16 years old. However, these guys, and it's not just LeBron, but these guys get to a point, and this is a whole nother topic, and I don't want to get in the weeds on this, but where they think that their stature in their sport, okay, LeBron being whatever, let's call him the best player in the NBA, seems to equate to his opinion meaning something. Yeah, I think. About other things, and that's just not the case. So when people say shut up and dribble, shut up and sing, all right, there's a – there's a point of that, which I agree with. Of course, they got have opinions. I used to love Charles Barkley, hearing him say a bunch of stupid stuff. But, you know, at some point, your opinion doesn't matter any more than anybody else's. So stop trying to make us believe it does. Because you don't know the issues. You're not educated on the issues. So I don't want to hear it. No, most of us aren't educated on the issues. <laughs> but Anna's is saying, before we get into the people hate James because of the decision. I think maybe some people in uh, Cleveland hate him because of the decision. I don't really think the rest of the country gives a shit about the decision. I think the rest of the country doesn't like him, or some of the country doesn't like him because of the uh, because of the the things he says in front of the microphone sometimes about things that are divisive. So whether you agree with him or not, he can be divisive in front of the camera. So I I would say that. Uh, I would say that's why most people have a negative opinion of him because I don't even, anytime I hear his name, I don't think of the decision, which I do know what you're referring to, the ESPN, you know. Made, uh, made for TV reality made, yeah. show. Okay, there and that's come. cool, man, whatever. And he's having he's having players come with him to win championships, which is unprecedented because before that, even Barkley was ripping him up yeah. for that. Well, LeBron kind of started that, and now the – you know, that dam has burst, and that's the norm now. Yeah, that's so, the norm now. No, I get you, it. You can you can go back to that as, as the genesis of this mess. Yeah, I just don't know if that's why people maybe necessarily have a negative view of him. No, because, I agree with you. I think the decision is water under the bridge at this point. Yeah, he 
he definitely it has more to do with his stances on thir- certain things like that whole thing with China which did not age well at this point in American history but that whole yeah. thing with China <laughs> but that whole thing with China when he was kind of running his mouth about when he, the guy from Houston the general manager was yeah. defending the Hong Kong protesters and LeBron was kind of like hey man you don't know what you're talking about you know, I'm over here at a five-star hotel while there's, like, a slave camp near my hotel and I'm playing ball and stop picking. You're hurting people's wallets. You're hurting, you know, whatever he said, I'm paraphrasing. I think that's where he kind of splits his fan base because as an athlete, completely respect the guy. He's a, he's a beast. Nobody in the history of the NBA could take such shitty teams to the NBA finals every year. I mean, what do you go to, like, eight in a row, seven in a row, something like that? I believe it was six in a row. All right, six in a row. Your point is your point is great, and, and compare that compare that to how Michael Jordan used to handle that, right? I don't care what side of the political aisle you're on, no. but that quote, that quote from Michael Jordan that ages very, very well to this day uh, when it was talking about, you know, he's talking about selling Air Jordans and this, that, and the other, and – Somebody wanted to get him on, you know, a certain side of an issue and sure. be divisive. And yeah. he's like, I'm, why am I going to do that? Republicans buy Nikes, too. And he was exactly right. So yeah. you could take that any any way you want it. Sure. But his point was not to be divisive. You didn't see Jeter like that getting himself Never. in the middle of these. Uh, you know, it's not the it's it's just not, you know, even even Shaq has stayed above it and but now lebron likes to he likes to jump in with both feet and that's, so hey and that's God bless him. hallie we see you in the chat how are you welcome in yeah no so he and he's not the only one dude i mean a lot of them do right. it and it's not just sports it's all over the place and it can be divisive and you're right as a as a somebody who's involved heavily in small business um, I don't care what your opinion is on things when you come in and you're a customer. I service you, take care of you the best I can, uh, and move you along to keep my employees employed and keep my lights on and money's green. So I, just cause you're handing it to me doesn't mean it's more or less green than anybody else. So totally understand that point. So before we move on from world's most hated, uh, or actually as we move on here from world's most hated, uh, athletes. I wanted to get your take, Moldog, on this, and I you haven't mentioned it yet, that the UFC, Dana White, has not stopped his pursuit of having these fights take place. And he claims to have secured a private island for this UFC event, which I actually think is pretty cool. <laughs> I think he should set this shit up like Mortal Kombat, bro. Like, have the fighters get off a boat, and there's torches when they come off. Have a guy dressed up like Shang Tsung when they get off the, the like like I guess I, for Muldog I'm gonna have to bring it back a little bit more than Mortal Kombat. I'll go back to Enter the Dragon with Bruce Lee. Well, it sounds like Survivor the way you were explaining. It, yeah, so. I know. So what we what we should do what they should do is just have one fight on an octagon on the beach. Have one fight on the edge of a cliff. Have one fight in a giant room full of like a feast where like Goro's like. Goro's corpse is there because Johnny Cage killed him. Like, I think that Dana White should totally play this up, dude. If he gets this private island to have this UFC shit go down, this should be like, this would be awesome. So I'm actually, well, 
This could be the yeah. first UFC pay-per-view I've bought in about a decade if he actually pulls this off. Well, Dana White has been consistent on this that it's it's going off, right? And he's and he's going he's going to do it on the time frame that he claims he's going to do it on. Now, again, Dana White's a promoter also, right? In the in you know, I hate to always Harken back and bring Vince into it, but you have to bring Vince into it because it's all you know. Everything I mean, involves Vince McMahon, bro. That's exactly. why Vince McMahon so, is the goat. We haven't even talked it, about WrestleMania. Exactly. So if Dana White can turn this into a reality show with the optics uh, still good because of you know what's going on with the with the virus and you know he's got a private island, he brings him in on plane. More power to him. I mean, it's it's going to be a show, and then you're actually you know, going to have the fights. I mean, if he can pull it off, but that's a big, uh, you know, that, that's a, that's a, a he real, claims, he claims he's close. Break type thing. Yeah. He claims well. he's close. Jessica's in the chat, by the way, Moldog. And she's saying, if you're holding Uh-oh, something, moderator ready. <laughs> if you're holding something on a private Island, you definitely have a side job as a supervillain. <laughs> Stevie says he needs to have a throne, even though I can't stand Dana White. Stevie, you have such love hate relationships with everybody who's famous. You either love them or you hate them. There's no in between. I've actually never heard you ever say so and so is okay. Like it's always been I can't stand them or I love them. <laughs> I actually love Dana White. So guess what, Ply? I think the fights are on ESPN for free. Bananas is announcing to everybody. That'd be cool too, man. Look, then he just gave up my forty fifty dollars that I was about to spend. That's fine. He can put them on ESPN for free. I just think, I think it's just who. I think these, and I know, I know that the president had a a meeting with the top, with all the guys, with all the head management of all the major sports organizations. I believe recently, kind of laying out a timeline for when they thought they could get things rolling again. And I know that Vince McMahon was involved, Dana White was involved, Roger Goodell. Uh, I, I almost said Adam Silver. Am I supposed to say Adam Silver for the NBA? Who's that guy now in the NBA? That's Adam. Silver. It's Adam You're Silver. Right. Okay, it's because uh, I'm I'm a. I used to love the NBA when it was Roger Stern, I believe his name was. Rest is David soul. Stern. David Stern. David that's how David. great I am with this. That's why Moldog handles the sports. But at uh, least he didn't say Howard Stern. Howard Stern. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anyway, so they kind of were rolling out a timeline trying to figure things out, and I think, I think sports at, at like just after it was in nine eleven, uh, when that happened, I think sports are going to be the key. To getting, because right now the only thing on TV is plying the Muldog and the news. So either you're getting all the bad shit from the news constantly, it's the only live TV, or you're here with us on plying the Muldog and laughing and having a good time and, and getting updated on some sports and some movie stuff. So there's really nothing else live anymore that people can go to or cheer for or, or come together on. There's no more commonality events happening or taking place to keep our human companionship and relationships with each other, essentially. So I think these sports leagues are now in a race to figure out who's going to be the first one out the gate with, uh, and I think the MLB, like you had said, the UFC, uh, the NBA, they all have an opportunity to be the first. Out of, they were the first to pull back the nation in terms of social distancing, the sporting uh, leagues, right? That would it was first uh, Seattle dropping fanless games, and then it was the Utah guy spitting on everybody's mic, which he apologized for, and all hell broke loose. So it was essentially the NBA that started social distancing in the country, 
And I like we had talked about, it was going to be a domino effect, right? And then from there, now maybe they can be the first to restart the engine, so to speak, and give people something to cheer for and give people something to come together for. And just like at 9-11, I think the Yankees went on to play, I think it was the Diamondbacks that year? The Diamondbacks beat them. Yeah, that was 01, yes. That was the Yankees-Diamondbacks. And that was Randy Johnson and Curt Schilling's. Uh, just those two players beat the Yankees because everyone else on the Diamondbacks sucked. And those well, two it was uh, Gonzalez got the hit off uh, Mariano <laughs> Rivera. But, yeah, uh, Johnson and Schilling were the studs of that team. You mentioned, and if this is true, this is interesting to me because I'd like to be in the uh, – Did I say it? it? The, no, Banana said it. You repeated oh, it. Oh, okay. Uh, are they going to – if they do these fights – if they do these UFC fights for free on ESPN, this is interesting to me from a business perspective – because ESPN, and I don't want to offend them because they are a six-figure advertiser on this show, all right? So we do okay. not want to yeah, watch offend them. Uh, you better watch yeah. your ass with whatever you're about to say, but go ahead. They're, they're a six-figure advertiser. Um, unfortunately, that's with the decimal point, but that's neither here nor there. And they have not even opened up their paid articles on their website yet. I thought that would have been a no-brainer. They still have articles written by, you know, their baseball, football, basketball guys, whatever. They're quote-unquote insiders, okay, that they haven't even opened up those paid articles to read. Uh-huh. So, you know, I would have thought that would have been a real easy thing to do. That's, <clears throat> I don't that's, know. That's unclicking a button. So they're not going to open up those paid articles to read, but they're going to give you a $45 pay-per-view for free. Well, I think ESPN is hurting for, number one, revenue, because there's nothing left to show. Number two, they're probably, so they need that subscription revenue from the articles, from, you know, the uh, ESPN Plus or whatever else is going on. And then maybe they did pay Dana White or paid whoever. Uh, I know Dana doesn't own the UFC anymore, I believe. I believe he's just like the head guy. But they pay, they they need some content on the freaking channel. I mean, they're, they're getting, they're, they're planning an effing game of horse. To, I mean, and not that this is ESPN, but Joe Buck has been doing play-by-plays of, right. of videos that are like, and yeah. Mitch just leaned over his desk, and yeah. oh man, there's you know, there's yeah, they're hurting for something to show, you know what I mean? So that's why they're showing the WrestleMania. I'm surprised WrestleMania was not on ESPN itself this year, like at, you know, because it was a two-night event on the WWE Network. You know what I mean? The only one still doing live, and I use that term loosely, events, is NASCAR. They did another virtual invitational race with the simulators again. Yes, Jessica, I did see that. NASCAR has been doing virtual races, uh, and they've actually been pretty cool. And it's a smart move. I don't disagree with it. Well, did you see how the one guy lost a sponsor, though, on the virtual race? No, I didn't, but you got to tell us the story. Yeah. Oh, he got ticked off. It was, it was, he, I, I don't, I cannot, the chat will pick it up or somebody Google it, but he got knocked into the wall in this virtual race by Clint Boyer. Okay. Uh-huh. It wasn't Clint Boyer, but it was this other guy. I want to say his name was Powell or something like that. Sure. But anyway, he got knocked, he got knocked into the wall and he, it looked like he got legitimately ticked off. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And he said, I'm effing done with this, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And, that's every night when I play with the Pioneers. 
<laughs> right. And one of the sponsors, Blue, I believe it was Blue Emu, you know, the the like arthritis cream. It's kind of like the Bengay that doesn't smell, supposedly. Yeah. And they actually pulled their sponsorship of the virtual show over him actually getting pissed off over the virtual show. Really? Like a legitimate thing. Yeah, a legitimate thing. Somebody somebody will be able to. So they're not somebody a real video game the sponsor then because then they don't know about rage quitting and video games. I guess they haven't. These, these They're just amateurs. <clears throat> Let's talk about the freaking MJ series coming out soon. I can't wait. What? Let's talk. I don't know, Bananas. I don't know what that means. MJ is in Michael Jordan or Michael Jackson or I don't know what that means. I did see that the notification come up about the horse game on my dad's iPad earlier today and was like, what the H, Stevie? Yeah, no, they're going to be playing horse, man. That's what I mean. They're running out of crap to do. And ESPN's not going to survive a six-month no sports policy. <laughs> you know, the news channels will. But, uh, you know, ESPN is the only reason cable actually still exists. And when ESPN falls... Uh, the rest of cable TV is probably going to fall with it. So they they got to find something, man. Michael, jo Oh, the Michael Jordan series on ESPN. Okay. The Michael Jordan series they're talking about. I guess ESPN is going to run a Michael Jordan series. Cool. <clears throat> they're out of stuff to show. Exactly. So that's it. So what other sports news do we got here, Muldog? No, <clears throat> what do you got for me? Nothing. Not too much. There was a, uh, there was a, you know, I, I figured you would want to get into race, uh, WrestleMania, so I left a little gap in my show notes for that. Mm -hmm. um, one little, one little, just uh, trinket that. Oh, before you bring it up, hold on. I don't mean to yeah. interrupt you. Jessica is saying it was Bubba Wallace. Oh, Bubba Wallace. There you go. Okay, just She's so you absolutely know. Just right. so you know. Now just it, so you know. Yeah, that's why we love the chat. That's why the chat. Yeah. That's why the podcast is so great because you can throw it out there on the chat. Yeah. Hey, somebody, listen, I need this, and you get it. And she's right. It was Bubba Wallace. So, yes. you know, go go YouTube uh, Bubba Wallace, uh, Clint Boyer, and watch him. That. But anyway, this was just kind of dovetailing on the um, NFL draft and how I was talking how kind of getting to the funny season here where these predictions and, you know, I've seen guys all over the board. They're just moving around guys now to move them. But the interesting little story I was reading today was about the greatest – small school players to ever come out. Some, they weren't necessarily drafted very low, but it was, you had to do your scouting. You had to really put your, um, you know, feet on the pavement to find these guys. And I'll, and I'll just do the three that should, should get things going because they were the three on this list that they really highlighted. But these are, these are ridiculously small schools these three happen to be what they call historically black colleges. Okay. And it's Walter Payton, Jerry Rice, and Steve McNair. Came out Two of one of those, school? No, came out of these ridiculously small schools. Walter Payton was Jackson State. Jerry Rice was Missouri, uh, Mississippi Valley State. And Steve McNair was a school called Alcorn State. Okay. And Walter Payton and Jerry Rice – are you know widely believed to be two of the top five players to ever play the game mm -hmm. all right Mc, of course mcnair you know steve mcnair god rest his soul he he left us far too early in a tragedy mm -hmm. um however he was a very good player for a while in the nfl and he went to another one of these uh, schools so it's it's always an interesting 
it, it's always an interesting side angle of the NFL draft is who's going to go down and take a chance on a guy from one of these schools who they can see the talent, but you don't have the ability to compare it to the proper level of competition, right? Sure. So it's it's what the GM goes through, right? Like, man, I saw this guy, and yeah, I can see this and I can see that, but man, he was you know playing against teams that weren't as good as you know some of the best high schools in Florida, all right? Versus, do I just take the guy from Ohio State who maybe isn't showing me as much, but I know he was playing against you know Michigan and Michigan State and and Wisconsin and these schools. So it's always a great argument. And if you get it right, you're a hero, like most things. Mm -hmm. And if you get it wrong, what the hell were you thinking? Um, I always like that little angle to it. Similar to when the NBA dove into Europe, right? You know, you'd get these and, you know, the Dallas Mavericks take blah, 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 sure shine off. And everybody goes, who? And then the analyst analyst comes on and says, this is either going to be brilliant or this is going to be terrible. Well, it was like when they started picking up the Chinese players. Like, uh, who was that big center? Yao yeah. Ming. Yao Ming. So, yeah, it's either going to be brilliant or what the hell are these guys doing? But Or like yep. the Japanese players coming over for the MLB. Uh, and then we, we like, traded over. They they sent us, uh, what was his name on Seattle? Uh, Ichiro. Ichiro, and we sent them Tom Selleck, remember? So it was like that yeah, trade. Yes. So yes. <laughs> it says... Who says these types of things don't happen? So, yeah, man, that's that's pretty interesting. Tom Brady was drafted, I think, uh, what, 12,162nd in the NFL mm-hmm. draft, and he played for a little littler school. Didn't he, was it Harvard, Yale, one of those? Where did he go? No, Tom Brady, Tom Brady played at Michigan. Michigan. But he wasn't, he wasn't even a starter. No, he was like a. In, until his senior year, and he was actually drafted in MLB also. Yeah, oh, wow, kind of like Russell Wilson. John Elway, by the way. John Elway. Bo Jackson. John Elway. Bo, ja- Bo Jackson actually played in, but Deion Sanders. Deion you know, Sanders. Deion Sanders played both too, didn't he? Played for the yep. Falcons. The, uh, he played for the Braves, didn't he? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And he also played for the Reds. He played for you know Deion Sanders was a good baseball player. Yeah, I met Deion he was Sanders. Just a better. He was just a better football. Bo Jackson. Bo Bo's Jackson's a, man, a hard one to argue because he. Bo Jackson was an All Star. No, Bo Jackson was the man, yo. He knew a lot of shit, too. If he had stuck with baseball, he would have had a much longer career, probably, right? You never never know. Baseball, I mean, I guess statistically, baseball is a safer, way safer sport. I mean, good Lord, the the beating. I think he retired early because of his knees, right? He was done. It was a freak injury. He got tackled on the sideline. It didn't really look like much. Yeah. But uh, it, it, it was an issue with his hip. And then it got necrotic in there, and he was, you know, they were he was gonna lose it, and the bone was dying, yeah. and it got ugly, and that was it. That yeah. was it. I know, <clears throat> not everybody in life can be Kurt Angle, who won a gold medal with a broken freaking neck, or then, or the Undertaker still wrestling at. Uh, well, he's he's about ninety three now, right? No, he's eighty six. <laughs> he's eighty six. So, Moldog, is there anything else in the sports world that you want to keep us surprised of before we move on and get into our big brawl? No, because we got the big brawl coming, so I don't want to put the big brawl off any longer. I'm ready to go. Let's let's get ready to rumble. This is going to take a while, guys. This just came in from the Office of Official Action Management of the Ply Rock Nation right here. 
we have Plyrock's top 10 action movie stars of all time. This list has been thoroughly, thoroughly gone over by analysts, experts, uh, it's finally being declassified so you can know the truth about who is the greatest action movie star of all time, starting at number 10. But before we get into the top 10 list, Moldog, I have to go over a few honorable mentions. So let me turn this over to the other side here with my honorable mentions on my giant piece of paper because my eyesight isn't what it used to be. The honorable mentions I have, in no particular order, by the way, Dolph Lundgren. Now, you, as we go through these, Moldog, make sure you know who these people are. So do I you, know who Dolph Lundgren is. All right, just making sure, just making sure. Dolph Lundgren, Steven Seagal is on my honorable list. I gotta cross him off my regular list. No, no, then. no. You can, you can, you can make a little notation that you got one wrong already. Gently, gently. <laughs> okay, Sigourney okay. Weaver is on my honorable mentions list, mm-hmm. specifically because she opened the door for women action female roles, and she, it, and I only have her on this list for one movie by the way, Aliens. She was so good in Aliens. I actually have her on this list for one line in Aliens. Get away from her, you bitch. That one line in that one movie earns her a spot on Ply Rock's honorable mentions. Uh, Steve McQueen is on my honorable mentions list. Love Steve McQueen. Uh, from uh, when he did Bullet... Also, I didn't know how far you were going to go back, so I did not have. He McQueen. is the. He is honestly, he he's tied for the farthest back. It's a, Steve McQueen era is kind of like the farthest I went back. The you know Errol Flynn is not on my list, or the guy who played the original Tarzan. Okay, so Steve McQueen is kind of like the earliest gap. There, there's other actors. I don't want to spoil anything, but it doesn't go back much farther than that. And Chuck okay. Norris is on my honorable mentions list. <laughs> I have to see this reaction from Moldog. I had to, bro. Listen, I tried to get him on the top ten. He'll always have a place near and dear to my heart for Lone Wolf McQuaid. But it's just an Invasion USA and Delta Force. I've seen it all, bro. So he did not make the top ten list for Ply and the Moldog. Just so you know. Why was he your number one? Don't tell me. Don't tell no, me. No, he wasn't. He wasn't my number one. But I need. Uh, I need a little help from the chat. They need to. I need. I a just. Little IM, these. I need top... a little IMDb help here on Chuck Norris. Right, a movie called The Force of One. I remember the Force now, of One. Seventy it had to be in the late seventies. I saw it in the theater with my brother, mm-hmm. who was not supposed to take me mm-hmm. to a movie like that at the age I was. Okay. So that that movie and I was awestruck. So that movie has a very very special place in my heart. That started my Chuck Norris era. Obviously, he was on my list. He wasn't number one. That's okay. One. He could be on your list. We're not gonna. But honorable mention, Chuck. He's dude. not top ten, bro. Chuck, listen, my top ten list. Dude, lock your doors, because Chuck Norris is coming for you. <laughs> Chuck Norris has a persona. It's fantastic. 
You just can't get your ass kicked that bad against Bruce Lee in a movie, number one. And number two, he didn't really have any acting skills, per se. He was a one-trick pony, bro. All right? His one trick was amazing. His one trick lasted 20 years. He reti- these, these other guys and ladies or whoever else is on my list did not retire to TV and infomercials at the end of their career. So, unfortunately, Chuck Norris's later work, Walker, Texas Ranger, and then moving into selling me ab roller machines towards the end, keep him off the top 10 list. So, whether you guys agree with that or not, this is the official list. So, you guys are all obviously uh, entitled to your own opinions, but this is the official list. I can't argue with it. Chuck Norris makes it to honorable mention. 